0: Thank you for listening to Recyclables. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the program, the best way to do that is to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, The next best way is to make a donation either through the ACAST app or at our Patreon, which is just patreon forward slash recyclables.com. Until next time, thank you. Previously on Recyclables, Rochelle and I sat down and discussed our trip to Montana, uh, the shows we did, the family we met, the memories we made. This time, we're going to talk about the history a little bit. We're going to discuss, in fact, uh, some of the aspects of history we didn't learn in school, in particularly as much uh, some of the stories of Sacchewia and the enslaved man, York, who was brought along on the trip uh and and i want to before we go into this episode i want to take a moment and and really 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 thank the patrons we are now a worldwide podcast we we have listeners as far away as ireland so welcome to the podcast network thingy that we do here Uh, thank you i appreciate you listening i hope you enjoy today's episode so without much further ado uh, let's get on with the episode. But, but it's, fine. it's fine. Mostly, I just needed to... We didn't introduce ourselves in the last episode.
1: Hey, Pat, what did we do a couple a couple of weeks ago? Three, two, two, three, three, four, a while ago. What did we do?
0: I do not know what we did, Rochelle Cody. Patrick,
1: uh, what did we do? Patrick Thomas Perkins. What did we do a few weeks ago? Oh, is that when Corey, we went Taylor, to... Taylor Patrick, what did we do?
0: Is that when we went to Ida, Montana?
1: Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, fuck, actually, I forgot the math, but we drove, like... Probably like 1,400 miles total for that trip.
0: Fun. Um, I didn't do any driving. I just got stoned in the backseat. Yeah, no.
1: But I mean, I mean were in for, the car. I mean,
0: for litigious reasons, I sat in the backseat stoned. And
1: you consumed multiple edibles. Yes. <laughs> there yes. was no dabbing in the car. Nope. Hey, Pat.
0: Hey, Rochelle.
1: Uh, where <laughs> did we go when we were in Montana to learn stuff?
0: Oh. um, I... Went to the bathroom a lot. I we went to the, wasn't it the Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center?
1: Bingo, baby!
0: In, in the We went mil- there
1: with Thomas and Cody and Corey Nathaniel Taylor Cedarleaf.
0: Yeah. We'll put real names in their names since yeah. yours has got one. Oh, well, yeah, no.
1: Should God. I start going by Rochelle Lynn Cody?
0: If you want to. I just, I just, I, I don't know if I've told this. There was, when I started, there was a, a Patrick Perkins who was a, like, university of washington math teacher and a folk guitar singer Ah. uh, or folk music guitar player guy and i was like well i can't i'm not gonna say i'm patrick perkins because then i'm constantly gonna have to tell people i'm not that patrick perkins right and then thomas perkins was like a serial killer or something or or a molester something something bad enough i was like oh svu crimes okay good enough uh, and then I was like, Patrick, there's no way anyone will mistake Patrick Thomas Perkins for anyone but Patrick Thomas Perkins. And then I dug a grave that I have not
1: been able to get out of ever since. Yeah. My name hasn't gotten ruined until recently because there's a lady named Rochelle at the head of the CDC now. Oh. And boy, are they really fucking up.
0: No, they're fine. They're fine. The CDC says if you die, it's 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 your own fault. It's. The CDC says if he dies, he'd die. Alright, let's focus. Actually, no, if we were gonna be if if we were gonna be uh, Lewis and Clark, would we be Cody and Perkins?
1: Cody and Perkins or Perkins and Cody. Yeah.
0: Well who, which one of us is closer to the president? Meriwether Lewis or
1: So who of us is closer to Joe Biden?
0: I guess. I feel like you. I feel like he would. I feel like he even he with, would
1: find me charming.
0: Yeah, I feel like even with your dyed hair, he'd be like, "She's one of the good ones." You remind me of. You remind me of one of the kids that didn't die. Well, and I, I would remind him of a dead son. And
1: I fawn very well for middle-aged men.
0: And I, I mean, I do too. Like, what's
1: I mean that in the response of like it is a defense mechanism. Same. Yeah. <laughs> like it's. It's not a, it's not a, I want to do this. It's a, I have to do this. Like sometimes it's fun, but a lot of times it's like, I have to do this.
0: It's interesting how being raised by, uh, women, uh, as a disabled person has given me very specific defensive.
1: You have a certain set of skills.
0: Yeah. And it also means I can, I can, I can fake my way out of a lot of interactions that seem like I, I could have more control over the situation. I mean, granted, that is that is some of me being like, oh, I'm disowning some of my whiteness as if I can't do some things. But I will be honest, like, knowing before every interaction, oh, this might paralyze me, does make me act a certain way before a lot of, a lot of, like, for example, I would not go from St. Louis, Missouri to uh, Astoria, Oregon, and back in my in, current condition.
1: Wait, wait, let's but let's let's relate. What year was this? But like, not only are you like there were there, you wouldn't have been able to do that expedition. I,
0: I would think. have like like twenty year old Pat would have been able to. Maybe. No, no. I mean, like, like here's the thing. Before, before, let's say twenty sixteen. I was pretty comfortable walking like miles at, at a time a day if I could, and a fair amount of that was uh, if you don't use it, you're gonna lose it. But more, However, though, I'm gonna lose it, so I don't want to. So I want to. Would make... you
1: have been able to do the part where they were in Great Falls?
0: Well, no, but that's also why, like, I, I asked. So what
1: I'm saying is. Y- you would not have been able to do the expedition. And I would that's not. not me saying being shitty. Like I don't know if I'd be able no, to do it. Oh, I
0: wanna do the expedition. Do
1: you though?
0: I don't. It was it was on uh, May fourteenth of eighteen oh four.
1: Is when they started.
0: Uh at least according to Wikipedia. I'm gonna for for context, I will put sources on uh the the stuff at the end of this episode. For the most part, we're just gonna talk from Wikipedia and memory. Uh yeah, we're, because we're,
1: of what we learned at the uh interpretive
0: center yeah And, and also because uh again i need to sit down and write the script for the first episode of the disability episode and i have other things that keep going on like i've had doctor's appointments every day this week so i haven't had a chance to like Sit no, down. you've
1: got shit going on. Don't worry about it.
0: But, 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 this episode is not just light work. We, this is so Rochelle can write it off on her taxes, is what I'm saying. So at the sure. end. Sure. No, 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 no. You write off the trip on the taxes because we did.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was research.
0: Yeah, we did research. Do you we hear that, IRS?
1: Research.
0: And in that research, where did we go again?
1: We went to the Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center in Great Falls, Montana.
0: Yes. A plus, Rochelle, you, yeah. you, you, you're a star student.
1: Uh, so for context, that was built probably either when I was in late elementary school or early middle school. So then that became a given field trip every year. And they have like three different movies they show you in the theater. There's like the one that's just about the expedition. Um, there's another one specifically about the passage of that area of the expedition, like in the Great Falls region. And then the other one, the one that we watched, was about the medicines and the health care that they had while they were on the trip. I've seen the other two so many times growing up that I just will immediately fall asleep when I sit down in that chair.
0: It was, I also like that they were like, look, we have so few visitors. What movie would you like to see? Yeah, they asked
1: us which one we wanted. I mean, so during the summer, they get a lot more visits. And like when they have like, groups of students coming through there's definitely a lot more people coming through i think covid has really made a lot of people reticent to go
0: here's my hope they they saw the footage where if you listen to the previous episode you'd know this we showed up on monday they showed us they saw us with me with my cane and your old dad like hobble up to the thing and they're like oh this must be like a make a wish situation (laughs) and then and then we come back the next day and they're like oh my god they survived
1: well, funnily enough, though the docent—I think that's what you call people who work or volunteer at museums—they're docents, but it might be something else.
0: I have tour Either guides. Way, that's what I thought this whole my time. My dad
1: got to talking to her, and come to find out, her her recently passed husband worked with my dad on the Air Force. Base. Oh, small so town. So they they talk about it. yeah, that's how small Great Falls is. And also, my parents know everyone because they lived there forever. Um, they talked specifically about how they used mercury for a lot of things, yeah. quicksilver as they called it, and I mean, that just meant that they were poisoning themselves and just shitting their brains out.
0: Let's actually real quick let's 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 do a real quick recap of the narrative, which is just that Lewis and Clark. Uh, along well, with so 30 members
1: Jefferson bought the Louisiana purchase yeah. from Napoleon yeah to basically mark the territory or like you know mark our territory so to speak we're like well shit we got to send someone there to check it out so the Lewis and Clark there, expedition there was, was put together there
0: was some 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 intentions to uh, have a trip of some kind before this I guess, and one of the things I'd listened to, one of the other podcasts I listened to, mentioned that uh, it was like a French spy got involved, and they were like, oh, well, we need to, because it's French territory, we're kind of spying on it, can't have uh, right. a French double agent in here, and that whole thing got scrapped. And so they all met in, like, St. Louis. A broader narrative, we'll get more into details in, in a little bit. It was I-
1: it was basically a an expedition to not only... Figure out flora and fauna of the region, but also create ties with the indigenous tribes so that we would have trade routes and stuff and a way to get to the Pacific Ocean.
0: It set out with 30 members in Illinois, but it really kind of started in in like, I guess, St. L- St. Louis, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, because they start at the, the, yeah, traditional narrative. They go there, they come back, everything's all hunky-dory. Like, they come back heroes, and like... Well, only,
1: every, only, only one person died.
0: Uh, and he died of appendicitis.
1: So he would have died regardless. Yeah,
0: we didn't know that at the time. They were just like, he had some, he, his insides broke.
1: And don't worry, they gave him some mercury.
0: Yeah, yeah, that helped. And so... And they probably
1: blood him, too.
0: Yeah, the, the broader narrative, some some interesting things, is the reason we get the Louisiana Purchase, the Haitian Revolution. Napoleon conquers France, and it's like, oh, it turns out, conquering France and uh, all of Europe, very expensive thing, he's like...
1: Yeah, and then the Haitian Revolution...
0: Cost him a ton of money, and he realizes, oh, I'm not... His thought was basically, I'm going to use Haiti to pivot into our North American territory. And he kind of gets caught up in the whole Haiti part, because they're like, no, almost as a surprise to even Jefferson, is like, well... You know, this thing that you kind of were interested in, like, Americans didn't have manifest destiny the same way in 1803. Their idea of kind of the western end of America really is Missouri, Mississippi, Tennessee, kind of that's that's the west coast is... The east side of the Mississippi, right? And so Jefferson offered, Jefferson's like, hell yeah, I'll leave it this chance, right? Uh, because one of the big things about uh, noted opium user Thomas Jefferson is he wants to be uh, noted opium user and human trafficker. Sorry, I wanted to make sure I gave full credit. Uh, Thomas Jefferson, he wants to be famous. He wants to be known throughout history as a great guy. And so he's like, Oh, you want me to double the size of America in my presidency? Yes, I will take advantage of that, even though he would had a bunch of fights before that. Anyway, whole point of that is that you are correct. It doubles the size of America and I said
1: nothing about size, but I was like, we gotta figure out what we bought. So that was a big push the the reason a big reason for the trip was to figure out what was out there, make relationships and let's with the um Native people along the way. Which
0: also, we bought this land, not from the actual owners. Yeah, not from
1: the actual people there, but from the white people who claimed ownership of it. Yeah. Um, And we were trying to find a waterway to the Pacific Ocean.
0: And a little bit of, a little bit of interesting, not necessarily pushback on that, is the way the French in particular functioned is they were very good at mapping and negotiating treaties and territories. Like, it was a, a, a thing for them. So they had mapped the waterways pretty extensively. So there was a pretty likely chance that they weren't going to find this thing. But the assumption was we're going to find whatever is the closest to this thing. Their, mm-hmm. hope, their hope was basically that it would be like a distance of maybe like, you know, 100 miles max. And then you'll, you'll, you'll get to a river that will get you to the coast. Not mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, most of Wyoming, I think. All, all of Idaho. All of Idaho, most of Oregon, before you see a river again.
1: Well, there are rivers, but they're not rivers you can use for transit. Yeah. That was the thing. It's like, you can't use a mountain river. You can travel alongside it, because typically it's going to carve something out that's remotely passable. But it's not going to be something you would be able to carry all of your stuff and like move trade goods and such. And that was what a lot of what they were looking for, was a way to facilitate trade in a way so they wouldn't have to rely on other routes that take longer.
0: And another thing about the indi- uh, the native people condition is this is right after approximately that second wave of plagues that hit after European arrival, because there's the initial kind of like pilgrims hit north and the Spanish hit south contact, and that sense wave of disease across both continents. Well, after that, there's another wave of disease right after the, cont- the, the populations have kind of stabilized. And so what Lewis and Clark are exploring are people who have just been ravaged by that. They've also had encroaching more and more. Settler colonialism, the way it would be applied, was just beginning. The the thing about Fort Vancouver was pretty relevant. It wasn't there at the time, but it would be a model for the idea of like... Oh, we could harvest this place, mm-hmm. and that's what a lot of the native people were seeing. Was was they had been decimated and then stabilized and decimated again, which is much worse for your populations. Like like just, that's harder to recover from because you just used all of your available resources to recover, mm-hmm. uh, and, then and
1: you just lost a bunch of people again.
0: And then these assholes show up and are like, "Oh, cool, this is mine." Like,
1: yeah, and I mean we were trading things with them that we knew they would like, which was like brass, uh, guns, and just tools that they didn't have, and like because they didn't have metalworking like we did.
0: And that was that was another interesting thing is that it was there was a lot less straight across trade. It like, was a lot
1: of gift giving,
0: and and there was a fair amount of it that was also just showing off. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. talk about that a little bit more with York in particular, with yeah. the enslaved person that got brought along but there was a certain amount of, like, tactics that would be used in the Congo later.
1: Oh, yeah, they had a cannon. Yeah. They had a cannon with them, like, a little cannon, so probably about, what, like, one and a half to two feet long. Yeah, And they never used it in, like, any sort of conflict. They would just use it to, like, announce themselves and just, like, as celebration. Like, I think the first time they... Wasn't the first time they lit it on the 4th of July, the first Something 4th like of that. July of the trip? Because, like,
0: I guess their first 4th of July was, like, lit. Like, they got drunk, they shot off the cannon.
1: Yeah, and isn't that when the guy got appendicitis, too? Yeah,
0: right around that time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the thing that I know a lot about because I uh, grew up in Great Falls, Montana is the route that they specifically had to deal with there. It's called Great Falls because there's a bunch of natural falls on the Missouri. So that means they could not keep their boats in the water. They had to take them out of the water and they're these really just massive dugout canoes. They had to take them out, put them on wheels and drag them up the sides of the river through like prickly pears and, that would just like rip through their moccasins. Then on top of that, there were a bunch of hailstorms in the middle of the summer with like hail that like ten centimeters big, if not bigger, around.
0: The the part I kept finding funny too is they they kept thinking like oh we've come to the end of the falls sweet we're about to get on the and then river. they found another one yeah and they're like get!
1: yeah because there's like four or five or six I want to say we got to see multiple dams yeah. On the Missouri. I
0: think it's seven, if I remember what you're... Yeah,
1: so that was, like, that was one of the first, like, really tough parts of the expedition where it really slowed them down and it took them a long time. The next place was probably in, like, Missoula and the Idaho area because that's when they were starting to get into the mountains and needed horses so in their, uh in the group of people that went on this expedition, you had William Clark and Meriwether Lewis. Meriwether Lewis was like friends with,
0: yeah. Jefferson. So, so there is some. Uh, Sorry,
1: some... we keep jumping. on Oh no, over no, that's fine. This that's kind of that's that's what
0: this episode is for. That's fine. Apparently, and... there was also a real intense relationship between Lewis and uh, Jefferson. Apparently, they were one. One thing I listened to about it was they were dinner companions. And that oh, really? Lewis's job was to just hang out with Jefferson as a guy that he just hung All around right, with. All right, well,
1: we'll have to verify that for sure. Because so, I don't know nothing well, about that,
0: that. That gets <laughs> to one of the things I did want to touch on, which is there's there's a great deal of speculation as to the sexuality of Lewis and Clark. because now
1: Jefferson. Uh, uh,
0: because, <laughs> well, there's this interesting thing where, like, if you're rich, it doesn't count to a certain degree. Yeah,
1: you
0: can do whatever you want. And, and, and... There's a lot of a lot of, all of the dudes banged native women along the way. Like there's a lot of evidence. Oh, yeah. uh, apparently, most of it seemed to be consensual. A lot of inst- a lot of first uh, people's uh, a lot of Native American culture is women approach men, so that probably was like
1: well, and I think.
0: I, and, and I know that's not necessarily everybody, but 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 the point of that is apparently Clark. And I think
1: they had some idea of genetic diversity too. Like they didn't know of it the same way they did we did, but they knew like if it was someone you didn't know or like was really removed from your family, that was a better idea.
0: Yeah. the The important part, the the reason to point all of that out is to point out that Lewis and Clark never, let's say, partook. However, there's a lot of indications of how attractive Lewis found the men. Uh, that worked there. And then, as we'll get to in the end, there's also the the fact that like Clark really had a man with him all of his life who was used... uh, York was an enslaved person and was used to show off and was used to be kind of his physical man person. And so there's some... Just as a person who knows a few things about kinks now and again, I'm like, well, that's a...
1: That sounds like a kink.
0: That sounds like a thing that that occurs amongst couples. Well, and
1: they hired Toussaint Charbonneau to be on the expedition, because he spoke some languages, but his uh, one of his wives who he had, I think he bought her. He,
0: he won her in a card game. Yeah, uh, but... Won uh, her and her sister. Uh, Sacagawea was a preteen girl, and her sister was a teen girl. So that's that's our... That's,
1: yeah. That's well, our so hero. There's a lot of speculation about how her name would be pronounced. Growing up, for me, it was Sacagawea. As I became older, uh, the the common discussion was that her name is Sacagawea, uh,
0: and um, that is based on the Shoshone people. They said her name was Bird Woman, if I remember right, and then the the their way of saying bird is like Seka. Uh, and so and then woman is like joeya so they're like oh it's probably much more like that but there was also a thing uh that i saw as recent as 2001 that there are other c- tribes that claim her uh ancestrally the thing i think that's kind of cool is like they don't seem to be fighting each other about ownership they're just like ah, well we have this cool person that we tell these cool stories about
1: mm-hmm, and it sounds like it might be her
0: yeah and vienna's yeah. how that's kind of recyclable things. wanted to at least point it out Uh, oh yeah
1: so it's like it was basically all white men but the uh Clark had the person enslaved that he had control over and then Sacagawea and then she had a baby on the expedition as
0: well both of them but more so Lewis took a crash course for about because basically Jefferson hangs out with this dude all the time gets this deal wants to assign somebody else, doesn't assigns Lewis. Lewis decides to take a crash course on all of the things he'd need to know. So he learns all of the science things. He learns to be the the like doctor for the crew. Mm-hmm. He learns to do all Which, of Which
1: let's be honest, at that time being a doctor
0: mm-hmm. And and he might he might have had literacy issues. But... Lewis?
1: Or Clark.
0: Clark, sorry.
1: Yeah, you keep mixing things <coughs> up.
0: Oh it's fine. There they're, 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 they're here, here's the other thing about this episode that I'm fine about getting things wrong. There's plenty of information about Lewis and Clark out yeah, there. And there's exactly. plenty
1: if you wanna fact check us, there's plenty and, of information. And stuff
0: the reason I the reason I think it's important to ask the questions, okay, maybe this person was gay is representation matters. No, say it, say it.
1: I wanna be seen in colonizing trips across the continent well more
0: importantly (laughs) for people who are gay uh when they say they have been erased from history this is an example of that because let's say
1: gay people can commit atrocities too yes
0: that is that is true but it it, it it's also i think important to remember why it's not important Because again, just like you're saying, like, like to me, my, my, the official recyclable sort of take on history is that history has no heroes other than Claudia Jones and Harriet Tubman. Those are the only two heroes, all of history. Everyone else complicated. How dare
1: you say Churchill did anything wrong? How
0: dare you? Claudia Jones, Harriet Tubman, Winston Churchill, everyone else. Oh,
1: oh, you know, history Name three of its best people.
0: I just did. <laughs> yeah. Claudia Jones carried a tough but, but my point is, I, I don't believe in, in viewing these people necessarily as near. It is a brave thing to... This is basically like saying, hey, do you guys want to go to Mars? Like, do you want to... Like, yeah. Like, not not that you'll run out of air, but like, we don't know if you'll come back or not. Like, yeah,
1: exactly. You, this is This is very reminiscent of like our initial trips to like the moon and shit yeah. where it's like, I mean... We might, may, maybe.
0: They thought they were dead at one point. Like, that's, oh yeah, that's how. That's that's the kind of shit we're dealing with in the timeline. And like,
1: well, yeah, and it's so wild that they literally only lost one person, and it was to appendicitis. Because not only were they functioning on uh, medical okay, okay, tools, but, but before
0: we do that, I was just gonna just say that like it's it's. Important to to note the sexuality because this is what gay people, trans people, whoever mean when they're like, "Hey, we kind of got erased from history because nobody's asking these questions." Everybody who's writing it is like, "It's just two men who hung out, who hung out." But also, we don't want to aggrandize necessarily what they did, even if what they did was great or important or even kind of pretty fucking cool in a lot of real ways that doesn't necessarily negate from the way things are now. And so, like, when we as a show say things like, you know, you got to deal with the death of the author or whatever, these are also the authors of that. So I don't want to – I wanted that field to get done before I –
1: No, we don't want to fetishize their sexuality, but we do want to note that there is a possibility that they weren't straight men and that there was some sort of romantic element between the two of them potentially. But one thing I want, like, when we were talking, because, like, so only one person on the expedition died, and he died of appendicitis. Not only did they not really have necessarily the best tools to treat most things, they had, like, one thing, they had this one route Here's, okay. that they could use. Hold on.
0: I did follow up. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, but, like, they had that one root they used Calamine to route. treat. No, it wasn't that. It was something from, like, South America.
0: Yeah, it's... it's, uh, yeah, it's Either a, way. It's a treatment for malaria.
1: Either yeah. way, they had that. But then they had, like, the Quicksilver. And then I guess they were also... They had an antinomy pill. They only needed one antinomy pill. Because that does not dissolve in your body. So you just fish it out of the poop and give it to that person again. Or whoever else needs it. I learned that from TikTok. Um, so it's, like, not only are these not, like... Doctors aren't super great at that time. The medicine they had wasn't super great at that time. They're traveling outside of, like, what's considered white civilization and white methods of health care. And the only person who died died of appendicitis. Like, there were so many other places they could have died they, so easily. Or had a bone just, like, shooting out of their body at any they time.
0: Were, they still had musket rifles for the most part. So yeah. that's worth noting. That's also... That's why they were kind of really grateful when they found that French dude and then uh, were able to form subsequent, like, relationship chains because they were like, if we get in a fight, we are fought. Yeah, no. Like, it we're was not, very we're
1: beneficial not. to have Tucson and uh, Sacagawea because... It really smoothed over because they looked like they were a peaceful group because they had a woman with them.
0: They they took on a grizzly bear because because somebody did get shot because they had a hunting accident. But the story that stuck with me was was the part where like they 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 met like brown bears right on the east coast.
1: Yeah, uh, brown bears are not as aggressive. Were they black bears or brown bears?
0: Black bears, brown bears, but well, whatever. They'd seen the bears, which are which are a decent sized animal, but you can kill it with a bullet. Grizzly bears are it. You, you can't shoot them to death with a lot of conventional arms just because they they're, have, big. they're big and it won't do much. It it would be like trying to kill you with a sewing needle, like a
1: or like you know trying to uh, kill one of us with a BB gun. Yeah,
0: and they managed to like they they got lucky but, and hit it in the right spot. <laughs> but they were but they were like, oh, this will be easy. Like I just picture that moment and when you shoot mad. that, and then you're like, oh. Oh, we fucked up.
1: Yeah. And they also ended up meeting up with a Shoshone village that Sakagawa's brother was the chief of. Oh, And that actually came in fucking clutch because they needed horses to get across You You forgot divide. about the
0: most important medicine. This was the extra bit of stuff that I looked up because I was like, this is a throwaway line.
1: What was it? So
0: so they have rum, right? That's the other thing that's pretty oh, popular. Oh, yeah,
1: and laudanum. Lots of laudanum, Laudanum,
0: right? that was the thing. But the other thing is they have a half... Pound of the finest opium that they can get their hands so what's on. What's
1: the difference between laudanum and opium?
0: It's laudanum is like a, a, a pre-mixed formula, and then opium's just the straight shit,
1: uncut shit. So
0: they have, if I'm understanding correctly, and also part of the kind of medical package is you. There's no hydration. Regimen, like, they don't understand, like, they understand, oh, I'm thirsty, I should drink water. They don't understand, like, you need to drink more water than you're thirsty, especially if you're doing all this stuff. They're they're not eating, like, vegetables necessarily along the way. But also, like, the reason Jefferson, for example, uh, Thomas Jefferson, was using opium was because it stopped him from having violent diarrhea, and cuz cuz i can tell you this as a person who's had to use them for it pain backs you it, up. it backs you up and if you use it all the time it stops you like it's an issue chronic pain patients have to yeah. take laxatives and stuff and so it
1: can happen with some antidepressants too when i was on citalopram that's what it did to me
0: and so there's a good chance these guys are getting dehydrated so that backs them up and then they're like well you're 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 getting runny stools cuz of the dehydration and the potential diseases and the thing you know what we'll do to stop that that stools for you Well, little opium <laughs> I have a little opium so you stop pooping so much wow it is amazing that we are able to go on these 20 mile marches after oh a little God.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> so no, I they just... definitely were drugged oh well, yeah like it's like what Robert Evans says is like back in history people were all sorts of fucked up on all sorts of stuff yeah. all the time
0: so it's just it's just another little little interesting tidbit to add to that narrative that mm-hmm. like 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 hey dude hey bro shoot that bear
1: did they did they follow the columbia out to the coast right? yeah
0: because that's that's the most rapid route. Rap. So, the columbia is like it it moves like an impressive amount of water for the size mm-hmm. of it and it's like like it moves as much water as the mississippi but it's not nearly as long and it's like on par with like what the amazon does as far as if i remember uh
1: oh that's wild yeah so they use that to go out to the coast and then they were at fort clatsop
0: yeah for a year. which
1: was their other very miserable part of the expedition, I feel like it was like Great Falls, and then that was the parts that were the hardest. Because those are the
0: two parts where they can't just go on the next morning, where it's not just a big camping trip. The People will comment on this a lot, but like, the rain here isn't like the rain in other places, and we were a tropical rainforest at the time, so it was just incessant. So the kind of gray that we get just...
1: Probably ripped their little hearts up.
0: Uh, And also they were waiting for supplies, I guess. Like they were, they figured we'll, we'll turn in a letter from Thomas Jefferson that says, Hey, take us home. We'll do it the easy way. We'll just loop back around. And then eventually nobody showed up to trade. And, and this is, this is when we would like to check my, my wrongness, which was, I had always thought uh, Fort Vancouver was there for them to stop along the way. I've grown up in Portland all my life and totally thought that was a part of their story. And then we looked it up and Fort Vancouver came like 20 or 30 years later. Yep. The British couldn't, they weren't supposed to be in the Pacific Northwest. They were supposed to stop at about the Rockies because the rest was contested territory between the United States and Britain. Mm -hmm. And then they get out here and they're like, well, I guess everything's ours, kind of. That's why uh, stuff, things. All the
1: 49th parallel. All that bullshit, yeah. Who did that? I don't remember who fixed that. It was the guy. Was only he only did one term. Polk.
0: Polk. I think so. Polk. But what the British realize is, it's so much work to get over here. They'll just use trade to to settle, and they'll put a few forts exclusively just to trade. Because of that. Like, it, it's that weird thing that we talked about way back in our early episodes about how all the natives that get pushed further and further west kind of expect that they're going to get British treatment maybe for a minute. And then it's like, ah, shit, the Americans again. This is a reoccurring theme in native history, especially with white settler colonialism. When America's only as far west as the Mississippi, the, the natives are like, thank God. Like, we get the rest of America. Thank you. Like, maybe not God, but... but. And then America's like, we're going to violate all of these treaties. Great Britain and the French and... Great Britain and the French had not violated the treaties as much because it was too much effort to uh, uh, invade the colonies the same way America had. I the, think
1: of any other tidbits I remember okay. from this last time that we went that stuck out to me. One of the cool things is they have a bunch of taxidermied animals in there so you can see them. And it cracks me up because the bobcat that they have in there, the paw of that thing is, like, the size of, like, a tall boy can, like, around. Like, they're fucking huge. And so whenever I, like, think someone takes home, like, a bobcat kitten and they're like, oh, it's a cat. It's like, there's no fucking way you thought that was a cat. There's no. There's no way. Those things are huge. But then I'm also like, I want a bobcat as a pet because they look so cute.
0: I didn't realize the language chain—the the fact that it would be like English to French to, to a, this
1: to that to, to that. Yeah, no, that that room is so cool for that reason. Yeah, so in the Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center, they have like a teepee you can go into. And they have, like, people kind of sitting around in it to look like you're going to do, like, a kind of conference or trade or whatever. Like, you, they have buttons that you push and then they'll do basically the dialogue and how the translation would go from one party to the other when they're trying to make an agreement. It's really interesting. And they use a lot of sign language, too.
0: Yeah, because the Plains Indians had a universal sign language across all... So several hundred, like a hundred and something tribes. Because of that, you could communicate in that fashion if you were deaf easily. You know, your tribe is going to have your language and my tribe is going to have our language. And not only that, but if our family group splits off, we might develop new dialects. We might develop new little fucking quirks of language. So it's way easier if I can do three gestures to say seven miles. That way there's a bear mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. seven language chain.
1: Yeah, and I mean, based on childhood development, we can learn to sign quicker than we can learn to verbalize effectively. Like we have control over our, phys- our body motor skills much quicker than our larynx and everything. So it makes sense for that reason too. Well, and then, so after we went to the Lewis and Clark Interpreter Center, we went to the we went to Giant Springs and it was fun to go there. And it was fun to like be somewhere that I've been so many times and like you see things and point them out and then be different to you. And I'm just like, Oh yeah, I guess that is something that I wouldn't see other places. Um, there were lots of giant fish, and also the albino fish looked orange this time, and that really threw me off. I think they might be changing the food they're feeding them, and also the food pellets are more expensive. They used to be a nickel, now they're a quarter, and they have various sizes of pellets. They used to all be the same size. There's like big pellets, medium pellets, and little pellets.
0: <sighs> fucking inflation, fucking seriously corporatization. Uh, uh, it was, it was also interesting because it's like I love nature just in general. It's things like that where even though I'd never been there before I could be like oh this used to be better in like five different ways and then we got involved and like the changing in my thinking is that I used to be like oh and then people got involved and now I'm like oh no in fact the issue is that like white people got involved and specifically our way of kind of trying to like Crystallize things into like into a pattern, so they'll never change and always be this way. That's the problem because when we do that, it causes environmental havoc.
1: Ooh, circling back to Lewis and Clark, wasn't part of it that they never they only really got into like a little bit of conflict with the indigenous folks too. Yeah. like for the most part, all of their dealings were very peaceful.
0: That that relates to a the part where like like second wave of disease has gone through. Also, so they don't
1: really have the man the people power to like fight off anything anyways and
0: they don't necessarily it, it Clark and Lewis aren't presenting themselves as conquerors they're presenting themselves they're bringing these really cool things and saying look at what we have if you if you think we're cool then like you're going to get access to this too repeatedly a lot of native narratives have expressed that like a lot of their thought was well eventually white people are going to have enough like they'll 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 stop or they'll they'll not need more. And so, that's
1: where they were wrong.
0: Yeah. It makes me curious if there wasn't already a tradition. This is a more like this isn't a, a totally me thing, but I I wonder what the possibility was that there weren't already bands of people that traveled around between native communities who were just like, Hey, we're from we're the Klinkit, we're from the northwest. Just want to see what the Navajo were up to. Just want to see what this was up to. Like, what have you got? Because there was expansive trade networks. We know that as far as individual goods in, in, in uh, Native American cultures or pre-colonizing them. Like, I'm very curious about, like, what are the odds that, like, this was a thing that was already going on? And they're like, oh, cool. Just another one.
1: Yeah. Um, on the way back, uh, they split up partway through. Er- I want to say it started in Idaho. And then they met back up in one of the Dakotas, I want to say. I think the thing to take from our trip, the thing I took from our trip, is that it does a good job of pretty neutrally and positively describing the Lewis and Clark expedition. It definitely doesn't really focus on the impact of the expedition what that really meant for indigenous communities.
0: I think the way we hear the story normally, the way I heard it growing up especially, was to hear it as kind of part of the great man narrative of history, where it's like this great man, Thomas Jefferson, made this great deal with Napoleon, another great man. And, and
1: then all these other great men
0: came along and they did things. And I, I guess we wanted to sideways that. Let's talk about the part where one of the most important key figures, Sexuea, she didn't guide them. that's that's kind of the misnomer.
1: But she was um, a symbol of them being a peaceful expedition so that they were met with a lot less hostility because, because she was there, and especially after she had her baby.
0: So if you show up with a pregnant woman and/or a baby, people tend to assume you're not there as would-be conquerors. So yeah that, yeah, that that helps you. She
1: also helped not only in her ability to translate, but to actually be physically related to some of the people that they needed a huge amount of help from. Yeah. Like, this expedition would not have happened without the kindness of the indigenous people of these areas and either their desire to extend hospitality or at least be willing to trade.
0: This isn't meant to be like Lewis and Clark, absolute evil men. It's no, more they to were be
1: definitely like... products of their time yeah. and they thought that their job was to pacify indigenous people so then white people could roll through and take it over. Like, they knew that's what they were doing.
0: And, and like, to, to clarify again, this is also them uh, aligning themselves with a dude who's like, hey, I'm I'm like 30-something, I'm pushing 40, uh, and here are my two wives, a 13-year-old uh, who's pregnant with my child and a 16-year-old who I won in a card game that I might have cheated in. I, I imply it heavily on the rest of the trip. So, so that's who you're like, you know what? That's the guy I can rely on. That's the but,
1: guy I want to speak for me when I'm talking to all of these other people.
0: Uh, it, we know very little of her life, I guess. Uh, we, you, and I personally. No. One, very... well,
1: it does seem like a good amount of her history isn't necessarily recorded. There's two different times of death, and they are like what sixty years apart.
0: Well, that's the interesting thing. So, if the 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 most likely narrative with all of the stories is that she was probably a Shoshone woman who was in the course of conflict, captured and enslaved by uh, a different tribe. And again, this isn't chattel slavery the way like we know it. This is
1: like indentured servitude kind of shit.
0: Yeah. And then she gets sold off into actual sexual slavery to this man at 13, 14. So by the time she's 16, they get back to St. Louis. And dude is like, you know what? I'll take you guys up on your offer of a house and money. Take them up on that offer, and apparently, by about the time she's 23, 24, she starts getting really, really ill. She has one more kid, and her husband's like, I guess you can go back to your home in, like, Wyoming or whatever. And that's the last we heard of her. That's the most likely, mm-hmm. most accepted narrative. I say likely. That's the most accepted narrative by the very problematic industry of archaeology and anthropology. A potentially interesting ish narrative is that she might have been born Hidatsa.
1: Yeah, or Mandan.
0: And then was taken in by the Shoshone and then continues in a similar fashion. Actually, when she's 25, tells her husband, I'm really sick. I gotta go. <laughs> goes to the Shoshone lands and is like, oh, wow, look at that, I'm all better, and then lives for several years as just a kind of dope old lady in their village and dies when she's uh, in a number of different communities, claim her after the fact, like, like oh, she moved out here and lived with us. Mm-hmm. So there's a strong possibility that that happened, But there is more context there when you, if that wider narrative is true, it speaks to, again, a more complex intertribal relationship where... If she's in this tribe and maybe they've had a particularly rough season and they're like, well, you guys are cool enough with us culturally and close enough to us culturally that we will let you take our child. Of note, sorry, side thing about enslavement in that context is like sometimes it's like, oh, we killed all the dudes. Well, do you wanna do you wanna die here alone or do you wanna come do work for us? Cool, come do work for us. Like that's not I I don't I don't anyway, sorry, it's more complicated. Either, either way, for all of her work, uh, do you know how? M- oh oh oh! You will be surprised. Uh, She's on
1: a dollar coin.
0: Yeah, that is the most she got paid was she was on a dollar coin that yeah. people complained about a lot. And and and
1: they're pretty cool looking.
0: Yeah, no, I like them. I like going to the bus. Sometimes I would go to the bus. Sometimes here here was a fun thing I would do with my kid because uh, I am poor. <laughs> is is a dollar when it's a gold coin is more impressive than a dollar when it's a bill. Mm-hmm. So you're like, I will give you. Three gold coins to do the dishes sounds so so as things get more apocalyptic, parents, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help people with chores at home. Uh, I don't want chores to get confused with slavery, but that was we mentioned York had an enslaved or, or, or we mentioned Clark had an enslaved person named York, uh, mm-hmm. with him on the journey. I think a Smithsonian article they put it really. The most succinctly, one second while it loads, uh, Shoshi Parks opened their their Smithsonian article about York by saying it wasn't York's choice to make the expedition or to join the expedition. York didn't have a say in anything either. So I think that that describes York's experience. York was apparently born in the same area as Clark and was in basically bought to be... Clark's manservant from a very young age to just be his like sidekick oh my
1: God. well and you were also saying that um it almost was like he was he was uh Clark's personal protection as well yeah
0: so he grows up by the time they get like out on there, the
1: expedition specifically
0: kind of because because as as Clark gets older York is there because that it, it, he's enslaved and then York Gets to be like six foot four, 200 pounds, something like that, six foot two. So he's a big fucking dude, right? And Clark's just a normal sized guy in 1803. So he's probably like my size, like five, nine. Probably shorter. Yeah, maybe 170, depending upon how much diarrhea he has that day. <laughs> And so he has this guy who does all of his manual labor while he goes and excels in the army. The, the thing is, a lot of historians in the past would describe them as just really close comrades, just really great friends, just just like brothers. And it's like, well, he's enslaved to him. And if he doesn't act that way, it's going to go badly for him. Right. Like yeah. that's that's the nature of the system. That's the whole problem. So he gets told he's going along with them and they're super excited because c- Clark's like, sweet, here's, here's my thing. Here, here's my guy. He's going to do my things for me. To give you an idea of how they kind of related to him. In one journal entry in which people have to go out hunting and come back frostbitten, he says some of the men experienced frostbite and then as a note, also servant experienced frostbite. Very, very clearly delineating that he did not, at least at the very start, see York uh, as a person, obviously. Um, York proves instrumental in a bunch of ways. First off, uh, there was a great deal of novelty to having a six foot, 200 pound it's an icebreaker,
1: baby. Yeah.
0: Um, and one of the icebreakers is Clark would have him perform tricks because Clark owned him. And so he would have him do like handstands and, and basically the pitch a lot of times was you see you can ha-
1: have one of these too
0: or or i have power over this man imagine what else i might be able to do or or the the guy who bosses me around who owns a number of these individuals imagine how powerful he is
1: oh my god there's I also hate
0: it. yeah there's also a lot of intense instances of colorism where native peoples would be like well this must be dirt and it must be a trick and they would try to wash the the wash
1: w- the color off of his skin
0: and it did not go well uh in a number of instances so cool on everybody's part the cool, more cool, in- cool, cool, cool 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 great fine cool, 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 not cool, not cool, not, cool. not cool not uh cool. The, as the expedition goes along, so they do more opium, and they have to hang out and rely on each other more. It's clear that there's more camaraderie, and by the time they get to Clatsop uh, York's vote is counted as equal to the other votes, like like as far as what the destination is. And so, on the journey back, he is the promise is when we get back, you guys are going to get paid a bunch of money. You're going to be given, you're going to be retired at a certain rank, and you're going to get, like, houses and shit, and you'll be famous, right? Because we'll be the first white men to do this thing. Yeah,
1: they're, like, the equivalent of an astronaut.
0: Yeah, and and of no, like or you said- Or at least
1: of, like, the equivalent of, like- People who went to the colonies and came back or something. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: And and of note, the only two people, one death, right, from appendicitis, only two people who, like, noped out very early in the journey were mm-hmm. noped out. It w- w- was, like, one person who was, like, insubordinate, and they're like, this isn't going to work. And one person who was like, I just, I, I changed my mind. Right? I don't like this. But both times they had to go forward to go backwards because yeah. they were too far from their previous. That's just side note. York, not in this position, obviously, not given that option, But he's been treated as one of the guys and as he comes back is kind of anticipating like, oh, I will be given some variation of this. He has a wife in Kentucky, I think it was, that he's like, oh, I will probably go get to marry her. And uh, when they come back, that is not the case. Uh, Mm. He is not given any ounce of freedom. To give an idea of of the freedom he was given... The things that were denied to him was he wasn't... It, when you're enslaved in normal conditions, you're not allowed access to weapons. You're not allowed to make decisions with white people. If if something goes wrong, you're assumed to take the blame. You're not trusted to leave white people. And at one point, York and one other guy wander off. And, and in a lot of slave communities, a one-to-one slave and owner ratio is just not acceptable. Like like I mean, like... A one-to-one private ratio like you try to but the idea is that like that's that's unheard of you don't send your slave with a dude and expect that he comes back and that speaks really i think to the trust and the 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 change that york had assumed everyone else was experiencing and again when they get back they do fight to pay the soldiers which is a rare instance in history in which soldiers get paid for their duties So that's cool. Yeah. There's a dude who nopes out before the end. Like, he's like, they get to St. Louis or right before St. Louis. And he's like, actually, can I just get all that stuff? Just let me know when you get it sorted out. I'm going to go hang out on the frontier. He's given that option.
1: But York isn't. York
0: is not allowed to go to his wife, right? And so he keeps bringing it up. And he's like, hey, man, I'll pay. Like, what if you keep my pay? What if you say, hey, pay me, and then you keep it and I go to my wife? And Clark is like, "Why, why are you betraying me? How dare you!" And,
1: Such a dude.
0: And York is even like, "Look, what if you sell me to somebody who's just closer?" And Clark is like, "No, that's that's impossible." And it gets to a point where we come to a thing that Rochelle did not know the term for, uh, but that I've been familiar with just because of history. He gets sent to a slave breaker, uh, which is a fun sentence to say yeah. out loud. God. Uh, For those of you who do not understand the concept, a Slave Breaker, uh, as I explained it to Rochelle, is either a person that you hire who is going to hire you, hire... Uh, uh, There was some equipment failure, but the backup worked. You're you're about to hear slightly modified, slightly different audio uh, than what was originally going to be edited, which makes this a perfect opportunity for me to thank the patrons again. Every hour of show you hear can represent anywhere from 3 to 10 hours of work, just depending upon uh, how much recording we do, how much I need to edit it down, and how long it takes to upload it. And that's not even counting episodes that have a lot of research. Patrons make it possible for me to give some dudes some money so I don't live on the streets while I do this. And I really appreciate it. At some point, I'm hoping we're big enough that like Rochelle is the actual boss and I can just sit down and and talk into a microphone like that would that's that's our our hidden goal. I don't know how many patrons that takes. I don't know what that looks like, but that's that's what I'm aiming for. And I just I really I really appreciate the patrons because they make all the hard work possible. As I've said a bunch of times, this podcast is going to come out. Whether I have uh, one patron or 100 or no patrons. Uh, But having having your help and support makes it possible. And I really appreciate that. Oh, now back into the episode. Or, oftentimes, what you'll do is you'll rent them to somebody. That you know is going to be specifically shittier than you. So that you make money and you get to break them into the conditions of slavery more. And after that, York kind of disappears out of the historic record. He's finally noted again when several years later, lost episode uh, subject, Washington Irving, uh, and America's first real, the United States' first real historian, Washington Irving, is interviewing Clark, and Clark is like, oh yeah, he went and got a job, like, making boats or some shit, and, uh, like, eventually I let him go what a piece of shit yeah he that ungrateful guy went and saw his wife and kids that he missed
1: what a douchebag
0: but in the way that history is apocryphal there are um there are some rumors that he ended up in St. Louis Mm -hmm. there was rumors that he he may have uh ended up with his wife um and there is another rumor, uh, less verifiable by a number of tribes, that speak of a black man who came and kind of lived back among them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it could have been York. It's, it's a very—I mean, I don't know how many six-foot-two, two-hundred-pound black dudes knew their way around Wyoming at the time, but You'd be surprised. could have been a time traveler. Could have been a time traveler who heard this episode, and was like, like, "I must
1: I- prove them wrong."
0: and that was we, so so like again that's not to be like oh this thing wasn't interesting again the thing that stunned me when we were in the museum they went through like 150 nations and they were they were proceeding with scientific wonders like the the bark that they had would eventually become an ingredient in like aspirin and stuff like it ends up being and and seeing how well it worked and because of their notes they learned a lot of really cool stuff a lot of really Interesting environmentalism happens at the same time It's the roots of settler colonialism slavery is intricately tied into that human trafficking and uh, all of that Happy ending note. So Sac has the kid along the journey and note-ish He gets adopted by Clark in a common habit of um Sad note, this thing called Civilizing, I think it's called Civilizing the Indian. It's oh, a, yeah,
1: no, um, it's up, It's so there was a law passed to stop that from happening, and it's getting put ag- up against the Supreme Court pretty soon. They want to restart taking indigenous kids away from their families and communities.
0: And, and Full circle. Future future villain of this series, Andrew Jackson, is, is a great example. Somebody who conquered a bunch of uh, native people and then would air quotes adopt their children to be raised as white people, to civilize them. Yep. Uh, so Clark agrees to do that, but this guy ends up go that kid ends up like going to to prestigious academies, making friends with people in Prussia, like German princes and shit. So I mean, if you if you do want a happy ending, uh sometime look into sexual kid. That was I was That was pretty fun. Let's see. We covered the importance of why was he gay matter. We covered Did we? Did we have a final? Do you? Okay. So I come to you.
1: Peruvian bark. Suck it, Pat. It was from South America. That's what I said. Yeah, but it's Peruvian bark. It's not
0: calamine. Oh, whatever.
1: (laughs) Just saying. I knew it was something that you were saying wrong.
0: I did say it wrong.
1: Cinchona Oficinales.
0: So I, I guess that was an episode, right?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I wish we'd done it sooner so I remembered more. No, that's fine. But it should happen. It was fun to go. Um, We were only there for an hour uh, and then a little bit more with the movie. No,
0: we were there for a very long time. No, but what I'm saying is searching for tax purposes.
1: But even though we were there for an hour, we learned a lot, but there was still so much more that we didn't get a chance to look at.
0: My favorite moment was sitting in the auditorium and then being like... like, I kept waiting for them to say it. Like, I was like, they're going to say opium. They're going to say opium. They're going to say opium. And they're like, and then they brought along uh, the thing you said. Laudanum. Laudanum and opium. And I was like, yes, they said it.
1: I'm glad you went on the trip with me. I'm glad we went to the Lewis and Clark Interpretive Center, too. Because, like, it is a pretty good um, repository of information. And I think they did a pretty good job of trying to make it accessible and to kind of immerse you a bit. It may not have been as accessible. Or
0: should, or should, for tax reasons. And we should
1: have had more sitting spots.
0: Yeah. I I wish that for everywhere. for tax reasons, I spent a lot of money on this trip as well. Oh my god. I did not show up with $20
1: and a food stamps card. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I didn't I didn't do that. I Did for, it
1: used to actually be stamps?
0: I, I that's my understanding is it used to be like paper that you would turn in and that you would like get a stamp on it, but don't call me for that. We're totally done.
1: Demoralizing. We're done. But yeah, I love you all.
0: All right, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Recyclables. As already mentioned, I was the editor. Um, a lot of the stuff was just things we picked up off the internet, as always. The idea is for you to want to go explore the history a little bit more yourself, to have a little bit more new ones, as you do. Um, I hope we presented something that you enjoy. And until next time. okay maybe this person was gay is uh, representation uh, matters just get fish burping but yeah thank you for picking up recyclables today donations to the acast streaming service are of course always welcomed but the best way to support the show is by going to patreon.com forward slash recyclables and becoming a patron today If you can't do that, another great way is by liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on whatever podcast listening service you use. All right, thanks.